Um, so <clears throat> I think we <clears throat> mark that time down. Um, I don't know. It's like a frog dumped in my throat. I just like, <laughs> I couldn't speak. It sounded like I suddenly became an 85 year old, you know, smoker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Good evening, RJ. How are you doing, man? I'm doing very well. Thanks. I just uh, just got back from beautiful Canmore and um, was out there for a couple of weeks to have an early celebration of an upcoming birthday and um, did some nice skiing there. Uh, Canmore Nordic Center is still pretty pretty sharp conditions, but uh, you can del- tell that it's warm. And then we had a bit of snow as well. So you get, you know, slushy underground and, and mm-hmm. some fresh snow on top. So in that sense, it wasn't the most awesome skiing experience, but considering that it was uh, April and, you know, that you're still skiing out there in the sun and it's pretty, pretty cool. So we get some other good stuff and good food. So yeah. Do you want to share you? with, do you want to share with everybody what the particular birthday is coming up or are we keep? Oh yeah. Five Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a big one. Um, yeah. Same as any other. Th- if you ask no, no, me, no, but... no. This is, this is the big, you're halfway to uh halfway to the triple digits. That and, is true. Uh, you know, by the yeah. time, by the time we're uh, recording this and you're having your 100th birthday, um, we might be doing it in uh hologram form which could be pretty scary for everybody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think you may have to yell a little louder by the time but, uh... <laughs> yeah. if we're still talking about you going out and uh if we're, if we're still going out and skiing in kenmore at that point then things are going pretty well that would be i love that though like there's i'm not saying that they're 100 years old but there's definitely some people that you know it's pretty clear that they're um up there 70s 80s and they're still going and that's pretty cool to see. Just Absolutely. makes you want to like really hope that, you know, at that age you can still get up those hills and be fit enough to do that. So, so did you get any, uh, any birthday presents? I know your birth- actual birthday is not for a couple of days, but, uh, any, anything that you unwrapped that was particularly cool? Yeah. D- um, well this, um, so for my wife, I'm getting, um, an art piece that we're working on. So I, I designed, um, some first nation style art mm-hmm. myself. And then uh, her idea was to sort of print it out in metal and then um, hang it in front of a kind of a colored background. So oh, very cool. So I've been, is this, we've been, do you, is this one of the ones that you have on your site? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, then, if you yeah, guys haven't just, done already, go, go check out RJ site, biathlonanalytics.com and, and, and go see all the new or all the, uh, all the artwork he has there. It's, it's actually, it's very cool. Thanks. Yeah, it's yeah. I, as you're probably not surprised, Jordan, I find it a bit awkward to hang my own uh, designs in the living room. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, we're we're finalizing the, the design so that we can also, uh, after a year or so, just maybe slide the background out and put a different color behind it, that kind of thing. So it's a it's a fun project to be working on. Um, speaking of art, actually, uh, uh, this actually happened a couple of months ago, and I just I meant to tell you, but I I forgot. Um, so we were, uh, we're, we're decorating our 
our soon to be born daughter's room and uh my best friend um he is uh <clears throat> the godfather to both of our children and we uh he he picked out a picture that he wanted to go in Ben's room and so we decided that we wanted to pick out something of his to go in our daughter's room and <clears throat> and he's a photographer he's a freelance photographer he, he used to live out in mammoth and so he's traveled all around out west and so we just went through his uh his just his all of his pictures and we picked one out when you were thinking about it we just picked it out came and we realized after we picked it out it was from uh it was from vamp and we thought that that was uh that was a sign <laughs> that you know that just our subconscious was telling us <laughs> yeah yeah was it just like a mountain range or something like that or at a town yeah or? it was a it was a I'll be honest. I don't know if it's a sunrise or a sunset. It doesn't really matter. It's just, it's gorgeous. It's got the, it's got the mountains and there's the reflection in the water and just nice. like this nice, like redness in the, in the sky. It's just, it's very pretty. Cool. Um, yeah. And it turns out that's actually his favorite picture. Cause it's the one that he has in his office at home. So oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, <clears throat> before we dive in, I uh, wanted to uh, give a quick shout out to, a friend of ours or a, a friend, uh, online friend, whatever. I don't know. How, whatever. It, it's, 2023 i'm still not exactly sure how to uh refer to these things but uh biathlon 23 um just announced today that he's gonna be taking a year off from his website uh he's gonna be hanging around on social media but sounds like he just wanted to take a year off just to be a fan and um you know i understand that we're gonna miss his his work but just want to say a big thank you to to him for everything he's done over the years and that we hope he has a nice restful year and we look forward to having him back and um, I already took a screenshot that he that he's saying that it's only for a year because I don't want this to be, uh, <laughs> a, a, yeah. you know, a sort of a backdoor way to kind of ease out and then next year say, yeah, I'm not coming back at all. So, yeah, at least you, well, you, you know, have some ammunition to throw back at him. In a we year we certainly do. And look, if you're going to take a take a year off, you know, he's done 10, 10 solid years. It is 2023. And so for Biathlon 23, it was a particularly big year. So, yes, maybe yeah. you just needed a rest after all of the celebrating. So uh, the the Norwegian uh, teams were announced uh, for next season, and I, there were a couple of interesting things on there. Uh, no major surprises on the Norwegian men's national team, uh, unless unless you count uh, Philip Field Anderson keeping his spot on the national team. Um, How's Bakken? Uh, Bakken is on the national team as well. So, oh, okay. so he also got to keep his keep his spot. So they mentioned they put uh, both the the Bow brothers, uh, Lagrade uh, Christiansen, uh, Dala, uh, Philip Field Anderson, and Bakken uh, on the national team. Okay, so no, and, uh, not not any of the IBU. Man, it's really Strom, Stromshine and uh, Swerum uh, were yep. both in the went to the developmental team. Uldal. Uh, developmental team Overby was on the developmental team so um, those okay. guys that you would expect were on the developmental team but what I thought was interesting was uh, Anderson's brother wasn't mentioned on any of the teams um, so I don't know, really know where oh, he the went the older one? yeah yeah. okay and then um, <clears throat> there was another Was it, I'm going to mispronounce it A-S-P-E-N-E-S Ospenes? yes so he didn't appear on any of the teams either. Um, and interestingly okay. enough, because he just beat um, uh, Johannes in the sprint uh, at the at the um, the national championships. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that was yeah. It makes you wonder if that's just you know guys that have spots. been around the top and, are, and never really <laughs> making it just 
calling yeah. it a day at the, you know, to not give up on biathlon, but just kind yeah. of get to the point of like, well, I'm just not going to make that team. So, yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. But then the the women's side, which is what drove us to to think about this, no mm-hmm. surprise, uh, Tangervold is right there at the top. Now, yeah. um, <clears throat> there's clearly something wrong with uh, the translation on my computer because it has, this is Tangervold's name on my computer, Ingrid Landmark Dental Violence. So <laughs> I don't, don't know what's happening there, but clearly she is not having a good time with teeth. I don't know. Um <laughs> But then uh, Knoten, uh, uh, Lean, Femsteinevec, uh, all were on the national team along with Arnaclive and Kirkaidi. You always have to pronounce this for me. Kirkaide. There you go. Um, and then, and then, still on the uh, the developmental team was was Bakken, uh, Krokstad, uh, Johansson, uh, Kalkenberg, and uh, <laughs> another tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a really good one. Um, Frida the doll <laughs> instead of air doll. Um, yeah, it's, that's a pretty good one. Sorry, what? So, what does yours say? The doll. Because mine says Frida Tormot's guard Dokken. Yeah, so mine says the doll. Yeah. Oh, just do <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm um, a little surprised about uh, Krokstad Johansson, but me too. Yeah. I I so this was—I mentioned that it created a little bit of a conversation on uh, with uh, uh, online, um, and the the question was, who uh, is if if Krokstad were to come up, who would be the one that gets bumped off? Mm. Yeah, no, I'm I still. I don't know. I. I think I think Tangerwold is solid. I think that uh, Kenoten she shoots so well that it's hard to take her off, and I think mm-hmm. Lean is fast enough. It's hard to take her off. And then I yeah, think the my, other three, my first thought would go out to Femsteinovic actually. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Is um, I think that even she's though older than the other two, yeah, and um, so it's you just there's more likely to go with the the younger name. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, because she'll be well, all day. Eh? She'll be what? Uh, 20, 20, no, 29? Femsteinovic? Next year? Uh, she was born in 95. Huh. Yeah. Uh, she's, yeah. She's actually the oldest on the team, I think. Yeah, together with Noten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I guess. I think somebody, I, th- I think the KML, the, the fan of uh, mm, Edelin, yeah. is not overly charmed Fond by of, uh, yeah. Oberger. Yeah, I know he was uh, thinking, wondering if uh, uh, Bjorn Dahlen would be interested in, in mm-hmm. coaching the team. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's hard it's hard to argue for his removal when they won two of the last three overall Crystal Globes. But on the other hand, I think you could you can sort of understand the frustration too, because there's been sort of a lack of development with some of the other athletes. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we don't know what the, what the role descriptions are for them, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. So absolutely. If it's strictly, you know, you deal with the people that we decide for you will be in the A team and you just make them as good as possible, or, you know, you yeah. need to come up with a multi-year plan to develop young athletes. Yeah. And I think it's so, so. different, right? 
for for mm-hmm. some of these bigger nations versus the smaller ones. We talked to um, uh, Johanna uh, Talaharam, and she yeah. mentioned they've got one coach, right? That's it. Yeah. They've got one coach, and so clearly that coach is in charge of everything. And right. um, you know, I think Baiba similar experience, and uh, then you know Norway, they very well could be that you know um, Ziggy Mase and and Oberger get just to deal with the the top level guys. So yeah. Um, all right. Any other, uh, any other housekeeping, any other? Nope. Nope. I think we can, uh, head into some, uh, we've, we've talked about it, I think new for, for two, uh, episodes now, but we (laughs) still wanted to review the, uh, (laughs) the junior, uh, world championships and also some, uh, analysis I did on the uh, blue bibs that we've also, I think, talked about a couple of episodes now, but, um, yeah, so you want to start uh, with the world championships? Let's start with the world championships, and and we'll we'll cut uh, a little bit uh, into the 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 youth sort of as a as a whole. But um, you know, the youth and junior season is kind of a kind of interesting interesting thing. You, you see athletes that kind of pop in and out. Usually, athletes don't participate every weekend like they would for the IBU Cup or the the World Cup, especially. Um, so it can be kind of funny, kind of to to analyze some of the races, say like in the second weekend of the season, you know. Uh, if they're only like three of the top top athletes there, but uh, we know that they they show up, you know, at, to the, to the world championships. That's kind of where we were focusing our our analysis. But like I said, we'll we'll look at some of the other ones too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, uh, I, I'm everyone remembers the the juniors were held in Kazakhstan, which is wild. Uh, I, I think it's. I, I just want to focus a minute. I I appreciate that the IBU Cup or that the IBU excuse me did this because. You know, we hear them talking a lot about, and we've heard like Matthias and and Claire again talk about, um, you know, growing the growing the sport. And this is definitely like putting their money where their mouth is. Kazakhstan, not not one of the big traditional biathlon powers by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just neat to see them put this event out there, just growing exposure um, and kind of showing these other nations that hey, yeah, you're part of the biathlon family, and um, you know the. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna help help boost you guys. So I thought that was very neat. Yeah, and I I have no idea if this um, the stadium that they have if if that was part of a, a bigger plan or if they're maybe getting the Nordic Championships at some time as well. But it looked awesome, like that's the ski mm-hmm. jump tower, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, I just, it looked really cool. And I I talked a little bit uh, with Matthias about it. Um. He he said, "Yeah, the environments were great. The tracks were awesome. Um, the the range was quite windy and open. So because uh, we mm. were talking a little bit okay. about you know um, shooting percentages for the Canadian team specifically with him, but uh, you know how they were generally the shooting was a bit worse than previous World Championships. Yeah, just because yeah. It, it the wind was uh, or the conditions were pretty tough, but." Uh, yeah, I was looking at the number of athletes participating, and I was actually surprised to see that um, Kazakhstan also had the most participants in 2021. Huh? Um, like really? For this year, I would, you know, yeah, sure. Expect not, it, not but, having to uh, travel at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's but neat. even uh, Norway had 18 athletes this year, hmm. and Kazakhstan 20. That's kind of cool, actually. 
Um, I wonder if uh, if they've been particularly. I, you know, that's a good question. You know, uh, if we ever do get a chance to to speak with the gentleman who worked with the the junior worlds, I would actually like to ask him about that. Is there? A, you mentioned this whole center being so well done and and having so many athletes, even in, in a couple of years ago. Is there a, a movement afoot? Are they trying to eventually aim towards like a Winter Olympics or something like that? I'm sure that mm-hmm. would be like their dream, but um, it just it just feels like they're definitely investing a lot of money into the into their winter sports at the moment. Yeah, and and like I said, I mean, it seems like they have a lot of the winter sports. Obviously, the ski jumping, but um, could also be used for the cross country skiing World Cup. I don't know if they maybe already have one booked for next year or uh, something like that, but. I definitely felt like it wasn't just for the for the biathlon world championships. Yeah, absolutely. And so. I, I, yeah, with with any sports, especially Olympics, I always hope that you know it it actually gets used. Yeah. After you know, yes, yeah. there's just too many examples of of soccer stadiums just kind of being taken over by vegetation, or mm-hmm. yep. just look like yeah, yeah. You see it all the time. They always show places. Like- yeah. 10 years after the Olympics, you know, this is what's happening now, or, you know, that's always one of those things that goes around on social media. So hopefully this is the start of something. Um, and they're, and they're, they're building forward. Um, so, uh, we actually didn't talk about how we wanted to go through this beforehand. So do you want to go through kind of, uh, who were your, your big takeaways? If there were any head turners for you, any, uh, any junior youth athletes that, that really were like, Whoa, wasn't following you beforehand, but I, you have my attention now. I was just um, kind of a mixed surprise in the sense of uh, I, I heard numerous German podcasts throughout the season and even before the season, and there seemed to be general concern for the future, well, not the future of biathlon, but um, if, <laughs> if Germany can keep up with the, you know, the top nations. Mm-hmm. And I mean, looking at the results, it, it seems like they're right up there. Like they have the most yeah. uh, top results for the girls, and you yeah. know, it's only behind Norway with the with the boys. So, and it's also not that they won all their um, top six results with one or two athletes. Like it was pretty spread out. It was yeah. So, I, I I had the same reaction. Is that and this is something you and I have talked about. Is that there? You know, there there is this general sense of panic, and I have talked about it a lot. You know, with the Germans. But there's also there should be at least a lot of general sense of optimism as well. Is that maybe mm-hmm. in the you know there there especially on the women you can see you can see some young women coming up. Um, there might be a sort of like a, a gap there a little bit, but mm-hmm. there there's definitely a lot of talent that is on the rise. Um, they had what nine golds and six silvers, and that was the most of most golds and the most silvers that any any nation had. Um, and I think Norway ended up with the most overall medals because they piled up so many bronze medals. And it's not like you know, gold is that much better than bronze or anything like that. But I think it's a, a really good indication of how much talent or how high the talent is. Uh, yeah. That's, that's on the way up. Yeah. And, and, and then, and, and it's always hard, right? Cause you don't know, um, like they just have some nations may have different development ideas. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some nations just don't, don't believe in sending youth, uh, athletes to world championships already and only focus on junior. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard to just use these numbers and results for determining the, 
you know, yeah. the future of the or strength of, of a nation. But I mean, if you're <clears throat> even for USA, they had uh, third and a fifth place, I believe, under the. Uh, we did. Yep. Uh, yeah, I yeah. looked at all the results uh, basically in the in the flower ceremony. So yes, yeah, USA was up there twice. Germain. Yeah, Maxime um, Germain. Yep. Yeah, but then I didn't he see. Had a- fascinating season by the way he was all over the place he did this he was on the world cup he was on the the ibu cup i mean that guy he probably logged more more frequent flyer miles than than anybody on the on the (laughs) team yeah and it almost always makes me think on the u.s and and canadian teams and then there's others in the world too where you know the you always hope that these people have some good financial support either from parents or or clubs or you know nationally or uh we we you know we heard from claire couple of weeks ago that you know the ibu does a lot to support athletes mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um yeah i i kind of feel like you have to have some other ways of financial support so it's it's good to see that you know nations like uh us or united states and and canada were able to get all the way to kazakhstan with 16 athletes each oh and, yeah uh, you know it it it's a sign that that these uh federations here believe in you know supporting youth and, and junior athletes right mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i know and 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 i think that we've heard both from matthias and from from uh coach ockenthaler about how you know the you know there's they really they'll they'll take athletes wherever they can find them but you know if they can really get it to grow up organically from the from the bottom up you know right. then that's that's the way they really want to build the programs and they're put they're putting their money into it at least or mm-hmm. or some mm-hmm. money right but uh it's it's nice to see because if you would ask me beforehand, I probably would have guessed that they would send like, you know, four men, four women each, you know, so like right. eight total athletes from Canada, eight from, from the United States for, you know, and, and they 16, that's a really solid group. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, it also makes me, me think of, uh, you know, Matisse going to Germany, like obviously the German Federation sees a lot of the, the work that Matisse has been doing here with the Canadians, yep. um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I really hope that it also bodes well for the future of Canadian biathlon because he's been doing that type of work for so long and yes. working with young yeah. athletes. So, uh, well, we'll still because right. he's been working with athletes that are so young, right? That we'll we'll still right. see the fruits of his labor for for a few years now. Um, yeah, and then I mean, for the Germans, he, he said he's going to start with very young athletes there too. So, um, yeah, I think the I have to remember now he was talking about the. World Championships for youth and junior in Arbor coming up in, I believe, four years, but I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, that'll be and, the first and time. And I was hoping we... that one or two of the kids that he's going to work with now yeah. are going to be able to uh, to join those or participate <sighs> in those. So, I love how much energy he has. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, <laughs> and I just, um, <laughs> I even saw him, he just finished teaching a, a biathlon coaching course for the IBS. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this guy, he doesn't, doesn't stop. He doesn't like sitting still. No. So I just wanted to loop back around to the, to the juniors real quick. You know, we're talking about the, the, the Germans. I, I, I think that by and large, I, I just can't get over the junior women. I, we talked about, you know, Kavinger and Schneider, and there were a couple other women who were young women who were, I guess, younger women who were coming up on the, on the German women's side. And then I just look at this and, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Groshen uh, participated here um, and had some very good finishes. 
um uh was it uh i'm kidding miss yes yeah and yeah. uh uh Fichtner? was that was that it um, uh, and I that, okay and uh and in castle i mean there were there was a handful of women there that all had good finishes again and i just i couldn't believe that they've got so they've got this group coming up here that that's right. that's joining the world cup team they've got this whole other this whole other group coming in behind we've talked so much about the swedish women and the french women and now it's like the german women are coming up too the norwegian mm-hmm. women better look out man cuz yeah <laughs> they're about to be bumped out of here yeah cuz i think the the girls had some uh top 6 finishes but it was all the same athlete i believe but they had, yeah there was there was not a lot uh, of of great success, I did I didn't oh. see uh, from no. the from the the women from the there. girls I mean, at least, yeah, yeah. So there was you know, uh, uh, Bakken uh, had a couple of good finishes, but I, I I I just don't know. We could we could talk about this all day. I I just don't know what the difference is between what the the Norwegian men and the Norwegian women are doing. That has had. Did such you say Bakken? Yeah, Mar Mar Marin M A R E N. Bakken? Oh, okay. Yeah. What woman the <laughs> the cistern. <laughs> yeah, she she just had I, I they weren't even like by good finishes. I didn't even mean like they were top six. Like these were a little bit further down, like top tens, but Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah. So I, I just I think that uh you know it's it's just it's an interesting place that uh you know we we, we like I said, we've seen the Swedish women have, have this big group that's currently on the World Cup and and a few more coming. You know, you look at. Uh, we'll we'll talk about them later. But you know, the French women they obviously have uh, a lot of talent at the top, and mm-hmm. more coming up to the IBU and the and the juniors, and and now you got the Germans. I, I just don't know. Kind of, I don't about know the Italians, who, right? Oh, and the Italians. I forgot about the Italians. I mean, you could foreseeably. I mean, the Norwegian women have been right up there. You know, it was one of the the challengers. You know, for the in the in the relays and and the overall. It could be an interesting, interesting next few years. I mean, Tangervold is 26, 27. Mm-hmm. I mean, by the time she is Royceland and Ekhoff's age, it'll be really interesting to see who is coming up, right? right. I just, and I'm sure somebody will. They're the Norwegians, right? There's well, and I think even uh, that um, the girl who won a couple of races in uh, Camor, her name escapes oh. me, but. Um, um. She participated uh, in in, Nor- in Oslo, right? So yeah, Kirk, was it Kirk Kirkaidi or uh, Krokstad Johansson? I think the, the latter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, there. I can't. I can never pronounce Captain Kirk's name. But it was also um, Slovenia. Seems to have at least on the, <clears throat> the girl side, they had well, they had uh, an individual medal, right? And then or a mm-hmm. gold even, and then they had th- three other athletes in the top sixes for a number of races. So yes, they did. Yeah. When they had, with they, yeah. So they had uh, I can't remember. Was it Zork? Zork? Yeah. Zorch. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was, uh, don't ask me where I pulled that name from. Um, was, I think, I think she won or won one of the races. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, uh yeah, like another. Clemen- yes. Yeah. yeah. And rep, rep inch. Yes, yes. And, yeah. and then Seaver, Sever. Yeah, so they they were the ones that were in the, the top six. On and the, the Clemenchich sisters. 
you think about like the Slovenians could be like a, a, a kind of cool story, right? If they, if the Clementian sisters, because obviously Polona mm-hmm. Clementian made such a huge jump on the world cup. Um, yeah. Her younger sister, there's uh, Zorch and there's uh, obviously Lompich. If she can get her standing shooting figured out, that's a, it's yeah. another, I mean, in the Slovenian women are also young because Polona Clementic is just like 25. So, yeah. And I find it like, um, I never really think of, Countries other than Norway, France, Italy, Germany, you know, as, as the main biathlon nations and, um, you know, the Czech Republic, I never really, like I knew it was a, a bigger sport there, but I didn't realize how big it was. Mm-hmm. It seems to be probably after hockey and maybe soccer, it seems to be one of the bigger sports, at least winter sports. Um, and I, I really don't know how that is in Slovenia or nations like that. Um, how big it is, but yeah, they're definitely, you know, with, with, like you said, uh, the successes and the, the I- improvement of certain athletes on their team on the world cup and mm-hmm. now doing, uh, you know, having some good results in the world championships for, for the younger athletes would be, uh, would be cool to see just some nations that are not often in the news right now to yes. see some more of that. So, well, they're so, I mean, they're, I mean, this is, this is, silly but like just like size like physical geographical size wise they're such a tiny nation so it'd be kind of cool to see them going toe-to-toe with like the germanys and the italians and the the yeah. regions and this right they'd just be kind of cool to see them <laughs> it's like this tiny little nation right next to it's kind of tucked in there um, yeah yeah well that's where i'm thinking you must it must either be like that there's like a very strong tight group of biathletes that that have some good financial backing as well, or if it's just like I said, it's just a very popular sport, and that there's there's a lot of like a high percentage of kids participating in biathlon. But I, the Slovenians are having a moment here because right because they've got this, and then there's uh, two of the best cyclists in the world are are Slovenians, and one of the best NBA players is a Slovenian. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe there's just something going on where those kids are getting getting uh getting really active early. Right. So i <clears throat> I did my big Swiss men's biathlon thing, and one of the one of the teams I was actually going to do uh, over the summer was, assuming I have time after the baby comes, but mm. um, was actually the Slovenian women because I just had forgotten about it. But they've had these two previous waves of having like really good finishes in the, over the last twenty years. And uh, anyway, the reason what made me interested actually was was these championships and because it could be the third wave that's about to come on because they've had these moments where they, they come up and they get, you know, it's like two or three or four years in a row where they're, they're finishing, you know, top five ish and, and some of the relays and then right. they kind of slip back down again. And it's just not a nation I would think of as far as that goes. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I just enjoy other nations coming up. So, yep. Um, <clears throat> Kaja uh, Zorch, by the way, ninth in the junior overall. And we talked about how that's kind of a hard thing to to look at. Clara Vindesar, uh 13th. Because, uh, okay. you know, you got to actually participate in more races to, to pile up the points. But right. this is kind of neat. Yeah, I did a quick, uh, I had a quick look at the percentage of participants per nation and then percentage of the points that they got. And not surprised. And I did combine the... The uh, the girls and boys, 
but yeah, Norway and Germany have the highest, I guess, ratio. Um, but yeah, Italy, Slovenia, Czech Republic, Austria are um, on the on the upside. So more more a higher percentage of points than the percentage of participants. France and Sweden, and then also Croatia and New Zealand. And it yeah, it it's New Zealand, so the one man army. Yeah, exactly. So you know, if, if you have one athlete who wins a gold and a sixth place, then of course you're you're going to have a bit of bigger ratio. But uh, yeah, you'll you'll definitely see the the you know the well known nations. But Slovenia is part of that too. So <laughs> I'm happy to see that. Uh, you, you look at this uh, this this plot here, um, and <laughs> you know everyone's kind of a little bit on the lower end, and then you've got Germany and <laughs> Norway. <laughs> way yeah. up in the corner by themselves. Yeah. That's just kind of crazy. Yeah. Um speaking of you mentioned Croatia. Mhm. Obviously it's it's all it's all one individual but uh uh like Legovic. Yeah. Croatia is a name or that's a nation I don't know that I've ever seen I'm going to say I don't know if they, I don't know if I've ever actually noticed them being like in the top 20 of a race. So I mean that's mm. just kind of neat to see to see Croatia popping up there. If for any reason that um, that I would like Croatia to be on the World Cup is to see the suits that they would wear because <laughs> they have awesome suits for well, but that I know of in soccer and hockey. Oh, the like the so, the the check like the checkerboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always I always really like that that jersey, but. Uh, Oh man, I really hope I really hope that uh, Legovic uh, turns into turns into something. Yeah. You know, if he could be, if he could have like a, a career, I'm trying to think of somebody, just like a perennial top top twenty type of athletes. You you see him, but uh, you know that'd be that'd be incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Campbell Wright is he basically a member of the USA team, but representing yes. New Zealand? Is that kind of yeah? yeah and I, it, I wonder if that's also happening, and you know, maybe with Croatia and and some. Mm, that's a good point. The same uh, yeah. region, but I, I yeah, yeah. I have no idea. But yeah, yeah, I think <clears throat> that would be an interesting thing to try to find out more about. I just have no idea, like how many, how many, like the does Croatia train on their own? Do they train with? Right, I don't know. So, who do you think for the girls? Yes, were the fastest skiers in? Like, I, I compared to. Uh, the ski times and uh, displayed it as percentage behind the average of the top three skiers as a, as a nation or as a, as a nation, but so separate for girls and boys. Uh, I would say the French were the fastest. No, it was actually the German girls. Was it really? Yeah. So Germany, France, and then Sweden and then Greenland, uh, (laughs) Norway, Austria, Switzerland. Yeah. Really? Look at Uka let go. Yeah, and and <clears throat> I read on one of her posts that she wasn't even feeling very well in uh, in both Kazakhstan and Oberhof. So I think she, post, cool. she posted that you know overall she was happy with her season, but the two times in the season that she wasn't uh, feeling well physically, yeah, was at Oberhof World Championships and the Youth and Junior World Championships. So. Did you mention the Norwegians where they came in? Uh, for the girls, they were sixth, and hmm. for the boys, they were second. 
And New Zealand was first, but again, that's based on yeah, one, one of one, two yeah. races, but yeah. So yeah. on the boys' side, it was Norway, then Germany, Latvia, Croatia, France, Sweden, Italy, Latvia, Poland, and then U.S. Yeah. Oh, do you remember there was a there was a there was a young there was a Latvian boy who qualified for the the pursuit in Antholtz? I, the only reason I remember this is because I asked mm. Baiba about it, and she mentioned that he was fast, but hadn't really done well with his shooting. So oh, I guess okay. that makes that must that must have been that guy, he had like Birkenthal's yeah. or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah, that sounds familiar. I, I can't find his name right off the bat here, but uh, no, well, you don't have that name committed to memory. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> it does sound familiar, but um, do you remember? Do you remember the movie Rain Man? Yeah. So, um, uh, the Craig, the guy that, uh, took the picture that's now in our daughter's room. Um, he used to call me rain man. Cause I would, I would remember just like stupid things about, you know, that it's like these stupid facts would stick in my head. So Birkenthal's, if that actually is actually his name, I don't, that is a rain man <laughs> yeah. moment right there. Could you imagine that you have the name <laughs> stuck in, in your head for the rest of your life and it's not <laughs> even him? <laughs> <laughs> I know you and I will be talking like 20 years from now. I'll be mentioning Birkenthal's. You'll be like, for the last time, Jordan, that's not his name. <laughs> <laughs> he does not exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. um, so I also looked at some shooting percentages. Mm-hmm. So same questions, girls, boys, okay. best shooters, best shooters, uh, best shooters, best shooters, um, uh, Aust- Austrians, right? Cause they were the best on the world cup. Yeah, they're not, I think they're just in the top 10. Okay. So we got the top shooters were France, Greenland, <laughs> no kidding. Norway, Czech Republic, Sweden, Slovenia. Slovakia, Germany, Austria. But again, so so I did not uh, filter, you know, that a nation had to have a certain number of athletes and stuff. So you're comparing, you know, maybe uh, 10 French girls with one girl from Greenland, right? So Yeah, but still, so my my general, when I when you ask me, if you were to ask me to, to describe like your stereotypical French World Cup women's biathlete i would say fast with uh inconsistent shooting yeah but then you think of jean Monod. oh no 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 i right? yeah of course no, of course it, but i just think for for years right because it was yeah. chevalier boucher and simone and brazé boucher and and they're sort of breaking the mold is where i was going with that yeah but they're still fast skiers too so they're still fast skiers <laughs> yeah, this, no, was, this was this was so the French, I mean, they had, was it like Richard who was there? Um, do you remember who else was there for the women? Uh, yeah, Richard Janier Bondou. Okay. That's for, uh, they're, that's all girls. Okay. I, yeah, I don't have the list of the. No, no, those are the, those are the, those are the three that I would have, mm-hmm. yeah, I would have expected. Um Man, I just I can't get over that. They were the second fastest and the best shooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on the boys' uh, side, it was uh, Norway with the highest shooting percentage of all the boys combined. Mm, okay. Germany, Slovenia, Poland, Slovakia, oh. Czech Republic, Ukraine, Austria, Canada. Where did the Italians come in? They're quick look, maybe fifteen or so on the boys' side and fourteen on the girls' side. Mm, okay. 
Interesting. Or, yeah. I guess that's fair. Yeah. I know that because the Italian, the reason I was asking is because the Italians have this guy, uh, Nicolo Batem, uh, who I think is going to be really good. Um, as a as a junior, he ended up winning the the globe for the for the juniors, uh, but mm. yeah, optimistic about him. But but of course, you're also looking at the whole team. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah so, I mean, one one weak athlete or or somebody yeah. who just didn't have a, a good, good a world good championship. Good. Yeah. What good about the Swedes? Then? The Swedes. Oh, I have to really look for them because. Uh, at, on the boys, they're like twenty five or something. Oh dear! Like they had an average of sixty four percent. And on the girls' side, they're seventy eight eight, and combined seventy point eight. Huh. So they're kind of in the middle of the field. Yeah. Okay. There's a there's a Swedish girl, uh, uh, Anderson. Is it Sarah Anderson? that I really like um, that I think mm. is going to be really good. Um, otherwise I, there aren't a whole lot of, other, I mean, there's Tilda, I guess just won the, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I said there, there's not a, a huge, I think that there are more French, there are more uh, Germans coming up, even more Slovenians right. coming up, but the, the talent, at least for the Swedes is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also looked at the shooting speed. Um, but I was just interested in, and I know uh, noticed that, and again, this could be just one athlete compared to a team of 10, but uh, that actually Ukraine was combined was the fastest shooting group. Really? Um, Not the Canadians. No. And, and that, that actually was why I was looking at it because Canadians are kind of the middle of the field and, you know, obviously in the world cup, they're one of the fastest nations combined because they had the, uh, you know, I think maybe five, well, probably more than that. More than five years ago, they they specifically hired a coach to work on faster shooting. Well, and uh, that's they're always fast. Yeah, that's been now. paying off really well. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's apparently not something that at the lower levels was also emphasized as much, or maybe the, the athletes are just not picking up on it as much, or maybe there was just more room for improvement eight years ago compared to now, right? Yeah, if everybody if starts shooting doing faster than. Yeah. 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 And Slovenia um, was actually, uh, you took the words uh, out of my mouth. I was going to ask about them. Yeah. They were, they were way up there as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you did this or not. I did not. Um, uh, look back and see kind of what is the what is the historical um, how often do uh, athletes who perform well at junior worlds go on to have like how predictive is it for a good world cup career I did look into that I think a year or so ago mm-hmm. and well I'm, my conclusion at the time was that there's really not a link that gives you ability to predict a little bit because it it so depends on because you're just young kids, right? So mm-hmm. there's so many of them that that just 
at some point bail out or they just don't have enough support financially or otherwise to to keep doing what they're doing or there's the pressure of you know i have to have to go to school and focus on that now so um that could be you know super super talented athletes at these world championships who just don't have the ability or desire to continue uh yeah so it's yeah i Again, at the time, it's not like I did a, you know, very deep statistical analysis by any means, but uh, I just looked at, you know, how many of the top athletes actually make it to the top of the IBU Cup and the eventually top of the World Cup. And I don't I don't think I found any clear evidence that success at the World Championships at the youth level, you know, kind of predicts a success, success somewhere else or at a higher level. So we're just going to delete that from the podcast. This is highly predictive, and uh, you definitely want to pay attention to every name that we have mentioned in this podcast because they're all going to become future stars. <laughs> um, actually, I a uh, question for you. We I apologize. We're, I'm going to step backwards just a minute, but did you happen to see the Bulgarians at all? And the reason I ask uh, is because there are a handful of Bulgarian fans on Twitter who have been very optimistic about their their young athletes coming up. Um, and I know they've been bouncing around a lot between IBU Cup and World Cup and juniors, but just to know. You mean if, just uh, where they sit with with ski speed and that kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they if they uh, had any any particular standout. <laughs> well, they're in. Let's see here, ninth place for the girls in ski time, and that's not terrible. Maybe about fifteenth or so for the boys. Shooting percentage, have a quick look here. They're about 70% as a team average. And then shooting time, uh, they're in the top 10 as well. Okay. So. All right. Not bad at all. Did you pick up on an athlete or two there? For the Bulgarians? Yeah. Uh, Christova? For uh, the women, okay, um, has uh, we we actually seen her a couple times on the on the World Cup level. Um, was she's really the big one that I've I've kind of seen a little bit more of. But um, there are a couple of uh, is it uh, Todev Blagoy Todev? Am I just making that up? Probably. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, no, here he is. Yeah, twenty-one year old Bulgarian gentleman. Uh, he'll be twenty-two next uh, next season. Okay. Uh, 22nd place in the individual, uh, 12th in the, they were 12th in the relay. Um, he participated in Oslo, uh, in the, in the sprint. So nice. Yeah. Is there anything else that stood out for you or, um, for the juniors? Uh, I yeah. mean, that, that pretty much covers it for the juniors. I looked a little bit at the, uh, the youth. I, I tend not to look at the youth cause they're so young that the yeah. chance of them making it all the way through is, is just, I just, yeah. I, you know, it's fun to look at, but I don't want to put too much pressure on it. But um, I, I actually was going to play a game real quick with you. Okay. And by game, I mean, I have one, one big question. Okay. Two questions. So if you could pick one group of juniors, so if you could pick like the, the jun- like for each, for the men and the women. So if you could have like the junior French or the, the, the junior French women or the junior French uh, or the junior uh, German women or the junior Italian women, mm-hmm. which group would you want to have well, which group do you think is going to have the best long-term success 
Mm. I'm actually not going to ask the question for the men, or I will, but you can't pick the Norwegians. No, and I think, like, I think you're you're um, asking for you know which athletes do you do you think have the the most talent, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Where I think yeah. that question is also uh, really dependent on like athletes from Germany, France, Norway have have a way bigger support network. Yes, right. Yeah, you're totally right. Coaches probably, yeah. et cetera. Um, so from that perspective, it's really hard to say who stands out. But yeah, I don't know. That's I, yeah. I, I don't think there's a right answer. I I just I'm, no, yeah. but yeah, um, you know, a, a counter argument would be that especially in a country like Norway there will be a lot more competition so even yeah that I I don't notice but my guess is that even for the youth junior world championships there's already pressure on the athletes to qualify yeah All right so yeah I don't know I mean it's tempting to to go with one of the bigger nations but yeah I would pick the Slovenians just and again, just because I I like cheering for an underdog, and I just think yeah. it'd be fun to to watch them to watch them come up. Yeah, I yeah. think you're totally right. If you could drop those Slovenian athletes and just and suddenly make them like French, like would they have a higher ceiling in their career? Probably. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think it's a whole lot more fun that they're Slovenian. Um, oh, you know, for just, sure. Yeah. Just yeah. to to kind of have some, you know, a little underdog that can go in there and and fight it out with the big kids. I, I'd be really curious to see, you know, for example, the the comparison between wax teams of the different nations in Ooh, Kazakhstan. That's a right? good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's a good one. But you um, wanna, I would say oh, before we move on to the blue bibbers, uh I just want to give uh I, I forgot to mention them earlier, the Polish boys. Um that we saw them a couple times on the World Cup level. They're like super young. I think they're like they're each twenty years old. Um, Badic, B A D A C Z, and Zawal, Z A W O L. Um, they look pretty good. Uh, I know Coach Torgerson uh, with the Polish team has been has been uh, he he's not working with them, of course, um, but uh, he's been very optimistic about about them. And I remember specifically he chimed in after one of the mixed relays and was really excited to see uh, what what. Uh, what they've been doing. So uh, mm-hmm. just well, two they more had a silver to medal too. Hey, they did. At, yeah. Uh, Gunka. Oh, I forgot about him too. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So uh, man, that's like three, three legs of a relay right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's pretty cool. So uh, yeah. Polish fans get excited. I think there's some, some people coming up. Yeah. And who knows? Uh, I, I don't know if you saw Claire Egan's response to my question about the mixed, no. Like na- mixing nations for relays, um, mm-hmm. that uh, you know probably won't see it anytime soon on on the World Cup. As the IBU is probably more uh, focusing on getting more athletes per nation, but who knows at the the junior and uh, and IBU Cup level. But uh, yeah, I you know again, if it's just an ability to have young athletes be exposed to that, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, last thing I want to say. Real yep. last thing, I promise this time before we move to the Blue Bivers, <laughs> which I'm I'm extremely excited about. But uh, the Austrian women had three of the top 11. Um, mm. Just throwing that out there because in case anybody's a fan of the Austrian women. 
Yep. All right. Um, so I did some, <clears throat> as I as I mentioned uh, a couple times in earlier podcasts, I did some analysis of the uh, the Blue Rivers and uh, just seeing if. Um, well, let's go back a little bit. I, I got the impression that the blue bibbers are getting stronger and stronger over time. Mm-hmm. And the numbers that I've been gathering don't really support that. Hmm. Um, the first thing I looked well, at. Okay. No, no. I'm, no, go I'm curious. I'm curious to see what you, what you found. Well, I just took a, a couple of approaches. So first I looked at... Um, Basically, per season at the World Cup level, I looked at how many athletes were twenty or well qualified for the under twenty-five. So that basically means that they're uh, not twenty-five before the end of the calendar year. Yeah. Um, so, for example, this season there were uh, let me see here quickly seventy-one athletes in the U twenty-five category. And 102 athletes that were basically 25 and older. That and then a much I look closer number than I would have thought. Yeah. And I, you know, actually, so I went back to 2013 14. And in that season, there were 61 under 25s and 67 over or 25 and up. Whoa. You know, we talked about it, how hard it is to stay in the sport. And I think that number tells you all you need to know. But there was also like in 1819, there was 55 blue bib and 119, 25 (laughs) and up. So, you know, it it, it definitely varies. Um, Seems like we're getting a little, the two lines are getting closer to each other. Oh, and I'm sorry. um, That's for the men's side. Okay. Um, And for the women, it's actually between 13 14 and 15 16 so three seasons there were more blue bibbers than not but yeah that's crazy that's been uh so this season was 55 um under 25 athletes compared to 90 25 and above you know i probably knew that at one point i probably knew it when i was watching it but that well, just so is you not have to keep age. in mind too that this is number of athletes, not number of participants. So okay. it could be, you know, if if one athlete of twenty years old participates one race in the season, that counts just as heavy as yeah, um, an athlete like Bo who does what sure. 20, yeah. twenty some races, yeah, right. So okay. this is, uh, and I, um, I think later on I also have participants, but um, so I, I looked at the percentage of athletes and I looked at the percentage of points for that season and um, then basically calculated a ratio. So I found for uh, this, for the past season, men and women combined, uh, the ratio percentage of point versus percentage of athletes was 1.4 for 25 and up and 0.4 for under 25. So there's <laughs> definitely a better better ratio for um you know the older athletes is that is that for all or just for men or just for women no that's combined huh yeah um i did look at some point distribution yeah i won't i'm not going to go into to that that's detail. fascinating i mean so i 
I, so what my initial reaction, I made that noise when you were, when, when you were saying it and I was wondering, cause I, I just had briefly looked back at the blue bibs because I was so excited about Hardweg and Giacomo mm-hmm. and I, and I, you know, the blue bib was dominated for so many years. I had forgotten that it went basically from for cod almost, you know, straight to, uh, JT Bowen. And so they kind of dominated it for like a decade there. Mm-hmm. And so my initial reaction was you had these two dominant historic forces that wore the blue bib and now they're not, obviously they're not eligible for it. And did that play a role? Um, no, and I'm sure it did. But and it's, it, I'm sure, I'm sure it did, but also they're just one person. Yeah. And so they can, they could, you know, four people throw who, off the numbers. Yeah. I would say four people who, who score 200 points is the same as one person who scores 800 points. So, right. Um, yeah. Right. So, so I also looked at point performances in that same time range. So 13, 14 is uh, as far as I went back and um, I did recalculate all the points based on last season's uh, calculation. So 94 win, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I excluded the Olympic games, but included the world championships. Okay. And it's actually uh, the 2016, 17 season from uh, Martin Fourcade, who has the highest points with again, current calculations. <laughs> and then this season's, uh, uh, Johannes Singer's bow, then eighteen nineteen for Johannes Singer's bow, and then Laura Dahlmeier in sixteen seventeen. So she's Laura the first, Dahlmeier. yeah. So she's fourth on this list, yeah. And she was uh, wearing the blue bib that year. Damn. And then in seventeen eighteen, Johannes Singer's bow in his blue bib. Um, let's see, that is three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Tenth on the list, insane season, and then twenty twenty one, Sturla Holmlug right, twelve place. Stuck on Dahlmeier. I know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, she nuts. based on on this season's calculations, she would have had sixteen hundred seventy points. <laughs> and, and so I'm looking at it right now, and it, it, she would have had more points than Ekhoff did a couple of years ago, and that was a crazy season. Mm-hmm. Well, and more than uh, yeah. Martin Fourcade in seventeen eighteen, fifteen sixteen. Yeah. So uh, this has nothing to do with the blue bib, but I thought it was interesting that J Tubo this season almost scored as many points as Fourcade did in sixteen seventeen. The mm-hmm. season itself had fewer races that counted, right? And and he missed races because of COVID. Yeah, he still almost got there. Yeah, that's <laughs> just crazy. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, and then um, I also made a kind of top twenty-five for under. Sorry, a top list for under twenty-five athletes. I'm so and glad you did uh, this. Laura Dahlmeier, sixteen seventeen. Yes. We already talked about that. And then uh, Bo. And then fourth is uh, Lisa Vitazzi in eighteen nineteen. Yes. yes. Johannes Dale, twenty twenty-one. Laura Dahlmeier in fifteen sixteen. Johannes Dings Bo, then Elvira Oberg in 21-22, Sebastian Samuelson, 2021. So I'm just going down the list, right? Yeah. Um, Hannah Oberg, and I'm skipping a couple, but uh, Hannah Oberg in 2019-2020. And Emilia Jacqueline, 2019-2020. We have Alan Bakova in there. Dorothea Weir in 14-15. Tanner Vold in 2021. Annie Chevalier Boucher, sixteen seventeen. Justine Brésa Boucher, sixteen seventeen. 
Francisca Preutz, and then Luja Monod, obviously, in this season. So, a couple of good names in there. Davidova, 2021. Oh, no kidding, yeah. Hartwig. Uh, so he's actually maybe 20th on the list of best under-25 performance performers. Yeah. I also looked at the ranks of the the top athlete with the blue bib. Mm, yeah. um, again, excluding the Olympics, this year top rank was 11th for the guys and 8th for the girls. Last year it was second and second with Elvira and Sterleholm McGright. You know what's the, interesting, cause it, and you could do this for almost any season, but Elvira getting sick, you kind of wonder... Yeah. She still ended up eighth and she barely raced, you know, the second or like the last trimester of the season. So, right. Yeah. But yeah, again, you could do that. You could do that in a year. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, most of the time, the top under 25 athlete was in the top five. Yeah. It's just um, that weird. That weird. Was it Samuelson? Sam- Samuelson in uh, 1819 was the yeah. top under 25 and he was 20th. And That's it's weird. been, yeah, so it was, you know, around top five, and then now we're eighth and 11th, so. You know, it's interesting, because it still doesn't feel like it. I, I, You know, this is one of those moments where, like, the, the eye test, like, that you go with what your gut tells yeah, you, yeah, yeah. and it's totally wrong, because I would have said the same thing. I'm like, man, look at Hartweg and, and Giacomel. Like, these guys are awesome. Like, how, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was a great race, but they weren't awesome by the historic standards of, of what we've seen from the blue bib. Yeah. But, and it also made me think of, uh, Sterling Holm McGride, who, who yes. came completely out of nowhere. <laughs> With his you know, own, was, like six career races before he's. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Hartwick was also not on my radar until yeah. this season happened. So, oh, man. and I also, those, the last thing I, uh, looked at is how many athletes per season that are under 25, Mm-hmm are in the top three, top 10, and top 30. I'll, I'll just pick the top 10. So um, I'll just quickly go through the, the seasons. So for the women, number of under 25s in the top 10 of the final uh, results. And again, this is based on the recalculated points. So it's second, or sorry, two, three, one, three, two, three, five, two, one, one. So there's usually, you know, on average about, two athletes under 25 in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And for the men, it's been one, 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 zero, two, three, three, zero. Um, I'm going to, I know you, you just wanted to look at the top 10, but the, for me, the, for the women, the top 30 was like more stark because these are, mm. these are women who qualified for the blue bib and that finished inside the, the top 30. And it went, Nine, ten, eight, eight, seven, nine, eight, nine, three, three. I was like, "What yeah. happened?" Like, that didn't make sense to me at all. Like, I, you know, I because I, I still think of hey, we went through like the all so many times the women's you know top ten and it was like they'd be like twenty seven, twenty six, twenty four, twenty five, you know, and but they've all they're all just just barely too old for that for that grouping now. Yeah, and, it's just, yeah. and that's fascinating to me. Yeah, and, and, you know, for the men, it kind of hovers around uh, the four. Mm-hmm. Yep. Four under 25s in the top 30. I think it's so, so, yeah, definitely not a not an improvement in that sense. Or no. not a yeah. sign that the under 25s are getting stronger. No. 
but you but. know having having a certain norwegian in the yeah. you know older category <laughs> yeah it's but, really, it but i mean regardless that's just that it doesn't really matter if the number one is like way better or just one point better right yeah. this is just looking at ranking so i think it's this i i would have been if you would have asked me if you blind test beforehand i would have been totally wrong because it just feels like, and I, and again, I always go back to the women. It feels like every year the young women are just like stronger and stronger and stronger. But no, that's totally wrong. Even the men, yeah. right? It just feels like we've had a lot of men come up recently and immediately have success. The fact yeah. that Hartvig, like it, it is still shocking. Like if, again, close my eyes and if, if you would ask me, where did it feel like he finished this year? I would have said, oh, he probably finished like sixth in the overall. Yeah, that I was actually because when I saw the <clears throat> zero come up for the for the men, I was like, "Oh, I need to double check that." And yeah, yeah. I, I mean, eleven is a great result, but yeah, I would have said, you know, like again, close my eyes. I would have been like, "Oh, Harvey was probably like sixth, and Jacques yeah. eighth. You know, I, yeah. I would have put them both in the top ten because it felt like they were a bigger part of the story this season. Right. Um, but then when you actually go back and look at the top ten, you have guys in there that I would not have expected. So like, uh, like Roman Reese ended up in ninth and I just wouldn't, right. wouldn't have predicted that. Yeah. And I also, I'm always surprised with, cause it was Benny Dole fourth. Fourth. Yeah. He was fourth. Yeah. And I, I feel really like, I feel like I'm disrespecting him cause I never expect him there. And you know, yeah. no, cause same, I mean, he, he had great races, but he was, I, I didn't look at the numbers, but I have a feeling that he's just one of those athletes that, never has a really bad race. He's just kind of yeah, consistent. Just, just keeps piling the up points. the numbers. Yeah. Yep. And that does so, a lot for you, yeah. especially with these new stratification. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I just anyway, think it's fascinating. I, I, I think that the blue bib race will, I, and this year, maybe this year is not a good example because like the, I mean, JT Bo had it wrapped up by Christmas and Julia Simone, while it, it looked close going into the world championships with Elvira getting sick, it was not really, mm. not really a, uh, Vera had a chance to, but it just wasn't really that close. So, um, you know, I feel like I was more in, invested in the men's blue bib race this year, but, um, yeah. And I think, you know, there's of course a lot of factors that play a role that I haven't really looked at. And, um, you know, like I, we, we talked about it before with a couple of, um, you know, more experienced athletes retiring on the Swiss team yeah. that yeah. also creates more opportunities for younger athletes. Right. And, and obviously I looked at just at world cup points based on results and that obviously depends on how many races you participate in. So, you know, there's, there, yeah, the opportunities, how many times you can race, like obviously for a Norwegian under 25, it's going to be harder to make the world cup team than, um, you know, a, a small nation that just doesn't have the ability to fill all their spots yeah, that are yeah, available to them. So, yeah. I mean, there, there are, there are people who we commented earlier about how few Norwegians there were on the, uh, in the blue bib race, right. For the men. Mm. But part of that's because there's no space for them. Yeah. Now, now that we say that, I, I, I'm even more surprised with, uh, Sterleholm Legrite's success. Oh yeah. Just showing up out right. of nowhere and, being amazing and second and challenging bow for the for the globe that was amazing yeah that was such a crazy run yeah um anyway we already talked about the uh the men how 
uh, Hartweg and, and Jacamel, they're both going to be uh, eligible again. And uh, I think Stalder actually ages out, but um, Eric Perot will certainly be eligible and, and Adam Runnels. And so, so several of those names are, are still going to be in it. Move over to the women's side and Elvira, I believe will age out because I think she turns 25 during the season next year. Right. And uh, Jean Monod is going to be 25 before the season starts. So then you're getting down to uh, Anna Gondla and uh, I think Sophie, Sophie Chaveau should be still eligible. Um, How about Vogt? Uh, Vogt, I think, is 24 already. Okay. So she'll... But I yeah. think if they if they turn 25 after December 31st, they're so, still so, qualified as U25, right? Uh, yeah, so Vogt, Vogt, will, Vogt is out. Uh, Elvira will qualify because her birthday's in February. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, anyway, just uh, I was thinking that we might see some Elvira's just kind of had a stranglehold on it the last couple of seasons. So anyway, is there anything else you wanted to uh, discuss before? Yeah, we wrap I was. It up? Uh, I was really hoping to jump into. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you guys get RJ is clearly. I've kept him up past his bedtime. He's uh, no. well, well, just, it's uh, been a long, it was... it's been a long, a long birthday celebration. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so just uh, I'm sure you I'm sure you're <laughs> you're ready to get on to bed. <laughs> oh man, you make me feel bad considering you're two hours ahead of me. But but I also like <clears throat> Monday morning. It's not like I'm a- fifty, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the fountain of youth over here. Um, so uh, uh, no, I mean my Monday mornings are are real. I'm lucky um, in that my Mondays are, are relatively slow. I don't start until 10 a.m., so I get nice. kind of some time to to warm into the day. No, I, I work until seven, so it's not like I'm, you know, working a, a four hour day, but yeah. <laughs> how great would that be? Hey. Um I said how four, great would that be? Four hour day, yeah. Uh so one other thing I noticed, and this is just this is now we're getting into the silly period. You know, you look at the uh the pictures of all of the athletes on for the Norwegian team. And they've got so many logos. I know. You're saying, like they have such good sponsorship um it's yeah, just even yeah. uh Kierkeide. yeah right well and 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 i think their their big thing is that they have um federation wide yeah you know where a lot of athletes like um johanna Dallaharm, for example like she she needs yeah she individual needs sponsorship sponsors. yeah right yeah and and canada too and where you know, I think a majority of the income for, from sponsoring just comes to the the national f- uh, federation or the first team yeah. or something like that. Man, I would love and then to I'm sure have... in addition they have, you know, personal sponsorship. <laughs> but I would love to have some of the like the Norwegian athletes on at the same time as like uh, Johanna or or Baiba and just like hear how their experiences are so different. I know. I just think it's yeah, and I. Because I think we've asked one or two how what it's like to sort of yes yeah be around the Norwegian athletes. I right? don't even mentioned in Camor the on the IBU Cup. It's yeah, the, there's just a whole like a different, different, different vibe around yeah. the, the Norwegian team and and you know Canadian team or it's just different. It's so okay. so diff, like organized and there's like a you know just one coach who's like floating around the, the athletes and always there and stuff and you know there's other teams that yeah their coach is still the shooting range because one of the athletes isn't done yet and yep 
you know? So, yep. uh, man, I'm, I'm really curious to find out. Cause I know here in Canada, hockey being the, the top sport, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about 15, 16 year old kids who are just so done with hockey already because they're just yeah. you know, stressed out and yeah. it's not fun anymore. And I wonder if you see anything like that in Norway or if they have a very strict um, policy of, you know, before 16, you can't participate in, in races that matter or there's no results. Yeah. It's just about, you know, doing the best you can. Or I, I know in, in um, I believe Swedish hockey and in Sweden hockey is probably also, well, at least one of the biggest sports. Yeah. Um, they, I think they made some change in the rules that under a certain age, they're not allowed to track scores and, and results and have standings and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain age limit on when they can sign a professional contract and that kind of thing. So oh. it's, you know, I'm just, I'd be curious to, uh, to know what that's like to be a biathlete in, in, in Norway and, and you're 12 years old and you show some, show some potential like, is there already a lot of pressure or is it? Yeah. And your local club is. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well. cause I noticed, um, like, uh, I forgot. Is it the, the Norwegian guy that was on the IBU cup and participated in Oslo? It's pretty fast. I can't think of his name, but anyway, I saw that he has his own website and, you know, quite a, seems like he has a number of sponsorship deals already. And head, he must card? be. No, uh, or something like that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Like he has, like, I mean, it's also as, as we get older, the younger kids come up I and know. they already have yeah. like their social media presence and, and yeah, they've already got their own personal logo and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I mean, you know, looks like he, he's caught some attention. Let's put it that way. Good for him. Yeah. All right. I have Anything nothing else to add. I have no, no no other way to delay you uh you <laughs> going to bed at this point. I did pretty well with that last one though. <laughs> yeah, if you come up with some new stuff, you get me going again. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I hope everything everybody was able to sit, sit through this one. Hey, yeah. we, uh, we took some we, uh we took some some tours or we took some yeah. uh, some walkabouts as uh, as my professor would say. All right, man. Um, um, if anybody's interested, I'm gonna I'm gonna put up a list of uh, juniors that I'm keeping an eye on. Um, I'll put it up uh, later this week, just so you can. Cool. Yeah, just just people if you want to go back and look at at their results and whatnot. Um, yep. And then I'll have more stuff as we get closer to the beginning of the season. Yeah, and I'll probably publish these dashboards at some point, not in a refined design look, but uh, just to get be the able data to go out back on what we talked to about. the people. Yeah, and. Uh, I'm soon going to publish the first trigger. Yes. Um, yes. I'm excited that about That I talked it. about last week. So, yep. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Absolutely. And, uh, talk Have to a you great week. Soon. Okay. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.